What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is we're your co-host Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. And this is the Quick Cage. Um, once again, Frank, I'm going to be surprised this week. Which movie are you going to be telling us about? So we're going to talk this evening about 2017's black comedy, uh, Mom and Dad. Um, starring... I've, heard good thing... I've heard good things about that. I think I told you good things about it. Oh, okay. um, Maybe we'll... it was you. <laughs> we'll go for that. Okay. Um, Nick Cage, Selma Blair, uh, some kids whose names I can't remember. Um, so it's it's kind of like a I don't know, like a sort of trite idea in the sense that like there's basically this one day where the signal is broadcasted um, that affects everyone that has a child, um, where it makes them want to kill their child. So Nick Cage and uh, Selma Blair are um, ostensibly like 40-somethings parents, but like Selma Blair looks much younger than Nick Cage. Um, always. Like, that's always the way. Here's the thing, uh, though. I've seen, I've seen a picture um, uh, of the two of them in this movie, um, like in an article, and I thought it was um, Laura Flynn Boyle. Really? Yeah, so I thought she looked pretty old, honestly. Selma Blair is eternally young to me, so I don't know what to tell you. We'll we'll get to that part too. That's that that's part of my review. Okay. Um. Anyway, so there's this audio audible or whatever, like electronically transmitted disease that causes parents to want to kill their kids. Is this in a localized um, area? No, it's like said. Well, I mean, they only show you. They live in like Los Angeles or somewhere in like the valley or some shit. They only show you like this small area, but you get the impression that it's happening all over the world. Okay. Um, through like news and like brief clips they show of like other places. Understood. Um, so they have two kids, um, a teenage boy and a teenage girl. Uh, kind of a strained relationship where he's cage is sort of going through a midlife crisis. So they're having a little bit of trouble in their marriage. Um, cage hates the fact that his daughter's dating like a black kid. Um, the daughter kind of has like a uneasy relationship with the mom and doesn't really like her younger brother very much because he's like sort of a pest or whatever. Um, so basically the gist of the movie is that, um, Nick Cage and Summer Blair are trying to kill their kids. And it's kind of like a cat and mouse thing inside the house um, where there's various attempts to like take their life and the kids like start to fight back even though it's their parents and they don't want to. Like they're afraid kind of to like lash out. Like they start to fight back against them. And then Nick Cage's parents come over because they were supposed to come over for a visit. And um, they try to kill Nick Cage and Summer Blair because that's their kids, sort of. Um, and there's, like, some really, like, 
really like impressive but funny like scenes of them fighting each other. Another kind of like um, I don't know whatever like visual trick of the movie is they have flashbacks occasionally like throughout the movie where it shows like pre insanity family like like talking to each other and like Nick Cage and um, some of Blair having troubles like in their marriage and um, which is actually kind of does like a lot of to humanize them in a lot of ways like it's not just they're like these insane right like murderers like they become like real people kind of which is surprising that there's that kind of depth in a horror movie well i'm assuming Um, i'm assuming this movie just from listening to you describe it is some sort of social commentary on how media creates to some degree like strips away the humanity from your children by making them generations um and it's you know turns like you know the parents into thinking the children are like you know this way or something like that and then the joke is kind of the their parents coming in trying to kill them because they've been turned against you know and so i'm assuming there's some social commentary going on there probably in this right now listen i don't usually say this but i didn't give it that much thought so like i just enjoyed the movie but you know like come to think of certain things that happen like yeah that's true um because a lot of what they show in flashbacks because part of nick cage's problem is that you know he's having this sort of midlife crisis and he doesn't know if he wants to be married to her anymore or if he's even like ever been happy and like him and his son are talking about this car that nick cage like basically his father made him buy his own car because he wrecked his dad's car and he had to like you know fix it and restore it and then it became his and it was like super proud of it and one of his great favorite memories was this girl that he used to like sleep with when he was a teenager that he would drive around in this car with when he was like free and young. So you kind of get the impression like through flashbacks and narrative that, you know, he's sort of feels like this family is the thing that's kind of tying him down and keeping him from, you know, like being free and young again. So, so I guess you're right. There is that social commentary and, um, it's interesting because there's there's not a lot of horror movies that deal with children being like killed. I mean, there's definitely horror movies that deal with like child killers, but nothing where it's like so prevalent. Except for so there's a movie from the seventies or eighties, um, Spanish language movie called Who Can Kill a Child. Um, I think I've probably told you about this before. Um, in like real life but this couple goes to this island for vacation and they can't find any adults on the island and it turns out that all the kids have turned murderous and are like stalking them through the streets and that's the whole thing is like you know these are like like young children too like seven or eight nine ten like would you be able to kill a child if it meant like saving your life and you know there's um i think it's called five from hell or something like that about uh, possessed children um that's a 70s movie um i think that's what it's called it's been a long time since i've seen it um then there's stuff like you know who can torture a duckling or um whatever with like that's like all about child murder and but really like this for a movie in the modern day to like basically be about that like you know parents trying to murder their kids and they don't shy away from it like there's some some really like violent like deaths in this movie 
um, and some really violent stuff done by children to their parents. And it's kind of like, it's, it's really unsettling, but it's done well enough where it's still sort of funny at times. Like you find yourself like laughing, um, even though it's like pretty horrifying and I don't know, it's, it's one of the better, um, kind of like low budget, not even low budget, but sort of like not really like low concept, but it's like a very simple concept, but has like a lot of layers to it. It's just enjoyable. It's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and Cage does a good job of balancing um, crazy, like over the top Nick Cage, which he does a lot in the movie because he's playing like someone that's basically been driven insane with kind of a like real, like grounded dad, you know, father, husband type Nick Cage. Um, much, much better job, even despite, like, all the, like, death and murder that he's responsible for, or death and, like, violence. He's a much more accurate depiction of a middle-class, like, middle-aged, middle-class man than his performance in Weatherman. And so, mm. which also is a black comedy, but is, like, really disturbing and upsetting. Although there is one scene in this movie where, when he's describing to his son about, like, how he used to have fun, like, doing it. Like, I think he basically tells the kid about getting, like, blowjobs from some big-breasted woman in the car. And it's, like, really... I wish... I should have written it down because it's been a couple months since I've seen it. But, like, it was really grotesque, like, the way he said it. And this <laughs> it is supposed to be, like, that, that isn't, like, the conversations that you and Frankie have <laughs> No. And not, not at all like that. And this kid's, like, a 12-year-old, and he's like, oh, son, I, I put her right between my legs and all the like, balls. That's, like, Jesus. one of those decades, like, like like shakes his whole body and you know it's like really over the top so um you can't be a nick cage movie without like veiled pedophilia and just general uncomfortableness right um so selma blair so it's funny that you think like she looks old because like to me it's just one picture i saw of her i'm gonna look up another picture to me selma like we have this generation of actors that kind of like we grew up with them growing up with us like in movies where they were like our age in films or like close to our age you know and i was thinking about this today because i was thinking i actually like was on the fence between this movie or like another a couple others that we haven't talked about yet um and i was kind of saving mom and dad because like i like it um but we talked about a movie i hated last week so i wanted to kind of like bring it back up a little bit um like, you think about, like, the generation that we grew up with, and there's, like, so many, like, really famous actors that are basically, I mean, at least for me, like, you know, born in the 70s, like, roughly my age, um, maybe a tiny bit younger, people like James Franco, and, you know, like, Alyssa Milano, and Affleck and Damon, and Winona Ryder, and then, like, Selma Blair was one of those actresses that, like, I've always liked Selma Blair in the stuff that I see her in, and... right. I don't know. I just kind of feel like I kind of feel like she doesn't never never really gotten a fair shake. But I mean, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Like I looked up her filmography, and some of it I've seen, and some of it I hasn't. But a lot of it is just like middle of the road, like bland shit. And maybe that's her choice. But I I I think she's like a good actress, and I really like her a lot. And I don't know. Like I just I've always felt kind of um. Like, she she's, does a really good job of representing just, like, a normal woman, you know? Like, not, like, some unattainable ideal or not some, like, 
gawky, awkward, like nerd turned into like the hottest woman ever, you know, whatever. Like she's just like somebody that you think you might know in real life and is kind of relatable in our movies. So I don't know. I like Selma Blair a lot. So I, I always so, like to see movies with her where I enjoy her performances. Right. So I um I looked her up and she looks a little weathered in scenes, but I think that's probably the makeup because that's not what she looked like in 2017 at all. Um, in that movie. Yeah. Um, so it's probably just a really like bad picture of her, um, uh, that I, that I had seen previously, but yeah, I mean, you can tell she's older, but it's, it's not that bad. I didn't realize I was looking her up here. She, um, she was diagnosed the year after this movie was made with a uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. You're, just, you're just like ruining things for me all over the place today, buddy. Spoiling. I mean, it's part. It's part. Of, it's part of my effort, um, which is really just not even an effort. It's just how I live my life of just reminding everyone all the time that life sucks and then you die. <clears throat> That's pretty much what it seems like my role in life is. Well, I appreciate you. I guess. <laughs> um. Is pass along my my low level depression to everybody else. The only thing that bothered me is like, I mean, you were telling me about, and I'm not going to talk about the show because I think what you spoiled is like a pretty big part of the show. Although I, in all fairness, I did say I'm not going to watch this show anymore because I'm really like annoyed with it. Um, yeah, it's not my fault that uh, you didn't realize that Patton Oswalt's die, wife died like no, four, see, four years ago. That's terrible. See. <laughs> You're an awful person. What? Wait, wait, like, wait. I need like, to get spoiler alert. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows that, Frank. Everybody Who knows that Patton Oswalt's wife died. I don't agree with that. I don't think everybody knows anything. <laughs> I think a lot of people know. If you follow entertainment, you've seen that. Like, but like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I, I, I know all about that. I mean, I've seen Patton Oswalt in a few things. Like, I know he exists. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> no, he exists. He's been in a lot of things, dude. Um, he's he's actually one of the more like prolific, like you know, like kind of sea level comedic actors. Like, he's tons of stuff. So I've um, seen him. I've seen him in Justified, right? Yeah. And I've seen him in um, Agents of Shield, right? Yeah, but he's in a bunch of shit you don't like. The things you wouldn't watch. I see him pop up in shit all the time that, like, I don't watch because, like, Brandon will be watching it. Like, he's in all kinds of shit. You know, I had no idea until I started watching that series that he was in King of Queens ever. Right. So I guess maybe that says something. Right. Um, but but uh, I, seriously, like, it was, like, whatever that was, like, three or four years ago, all over my feet, constantly. Like, you know, like, stuff about, like, his wife and, like, all that kind of stuff. Well, your feed and my feed don't intersect, bitch. Okay. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I think a lot of people know about like Patton Oswalt losing his wife. Uh, you know, I really haven't seen much with him. I'm looking it up now. <laughs> so anyway, so the guy that directed this movie, right, is like roughly like my age. It looks like. Um, he is also the guy who directed Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, he he also directed yeah, and we we talked about this guy back then because he also directed Crank. 
I like Crank well enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not good, but it's 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 fine. Like, it's an interesting concept. Oh, he did Gamer, too. You know, G- Gamer's one of those movies that um, it's not a good movie, but it's, like, uh, fine entertainment for a little bit. I watched it on my iPhone in, like, 2009, so the screen was, like, an inch wide. And um, it was a bootleg copy. Right. This sent me a download of. He did Jonah Hex. I like. Well, no, he didn't direct it. He just wrote it. Right. I like the right. Jonah Hex movie. Okay, like it's not like perfect, but it's okay. Oh, is this that Happy Show that Easter watches? <laughs> I, I think it's really <laughs> hilarious that that Easter. Wa- I didn't know Easter watched that. But yeah, um, I think he tried to talk me into it once. I don't know. My my thing when I saw the name of that show, I was like, "Is that that fucking show with Chris Maloney and stupid makeup um, that gets advertised to me?" That was my thought. And then you said, "Is that that show Easter watches?" And I thought what I thought at the same time, and I was like, "That that makes perfect sense." <laughs> like those the, those two things, yeah. even though they are um, not the same thought, they kind of are basically the same thought. <clears throat> Easter's in Ohio or something. He can't hear this. Or he's like in Pittsburgh. I don't know. He's somewhere. <laughs> Maybe he's back. I don't know. Love you, Houston. Yeah, I love you, Houston. <laughs> um, all right. So, final thoughts on this. What's your scores? What's your cage score? What's your cage movie score? What's your overall movie score? Um, it's a solid 8 out of 10 cage. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty high up there. Um, as a movie, it's, it's seriously, it's like a 7.58 out of a 10 scale. Okay. Like it's definitely like worth watching. And I mean, if you have to be able to handle some pretty unsettling like imagery and not only just in the fact that it's a pretty bloody movie, but in just ideologically of like parents murdering their children. Cause early on in the movie, when they're setting the tone, like there's some pretty, some pretty like rough stuff with parents killing like their kids. <clears throat> um, but if you can get past that and you can just watch it as like a, the comedy that it is basically like the dark comedy. And like you said, like maybe look at it as kind of a, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like a social commentary or maybe even just like societal commentary. Um, I think it's worth seeing and I think it's enjoyable and you know, it's, um, it's a fun time. So Cool, and that's I remember now. That's why I looked up Brian Taylor to see who wrote it was because I wanted to see how old he was. Because what you were describing is Cage's character, the idea he doesn't like his daughter dating a black guy, like all that. That's very like kind of like more like ex millennial against boomer type. That's like more of a boomer mentality. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to see how old this person was, and the fact that he's like a, probably close to forty. Um. You know. Yeah. Like so. So even though Cage himself is probably closer to an Xer. Um, I know like an early actor, it's like, yeah, he's supposed to be playing a boomer, like the character, like that makes sense. I mean, to me, I think that's more of the societal con, con, or like whatever, um, commentary basically of it is that, uh, Cage at first is opposed because she needs to focus on school. She shouldn't be going out, you know, whatever, like the typical, like things that a father would say to like his 17 year old daughter. But once he goes crazy and um, so the boyfriend actually has one of the most like difficult scenes in the movie where he has to kill his dad mm. um, and like crying like that. I love you. I don't want to do this dad. And 
like the dad keeps attacking him till finally like he has to just kill him. Like it's really it's 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 a rough scene. Um so he goes to the girlfriend's house to like try and like make sure she's okay. And that's when Nick Cage is just like super like racist and like outright. So I think maybe that's the thing is like what hides behind like these I don't know, like the slick veneer of like middle class suburbia. Like what's the racism that's like at the core of that and right. You know, the the like the excuses you make to like hide the racism, like you know, I don't know. So it's it's but again, like it's it's a really well done movie. Um, I was really surprised that I liked it as much as I did. Um, so I really hadn't heard much about it. Like I think a couple like like Reddit threads around when it came out. Um, but I only really watched it because of the you know, the cage connection, like just because I felt like I had to and I was really glad that it did. So if you're a horror fan, um, I think it's worth seeing. Yeah, you sold me whenever it comes up somewhere that I can see it. I'll, um, it, it it's free somewhere because I wouldn't pay for it. It's free that's on Hulu. True. It's free on Hulu right now. Yeah, that's not true, but it's, it's free is. on Hulu right now, and it might have just been still free on Hulu when you had it or something. So right before I canceled my subscription, or right when I canceled my subscription to Hulu, and I had like two weeks, like I canceled it, and they were like, oh, your subscription will end at the next billing cycle, and it was two weeks. I was like, fuck this, and I watched like four Nick Cage movies that were on Hulu. Right. Like, get them out of the way. So thanks, Hulu. Right. Never subscribing to you again. Okay. Okay, question real quick. Did you do you paid for Hulu and Disney Plus separate? You didn't get the um like the 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 deal. Um, I pay less for Disney Plus because I don't have the Hulu bundle. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because so here, this is another reason why I stopped subscribing to Hulu. So I had been I had subscribed to Hulu. What do you think? Like maybe six or seven years at least. Yeah, it's been all, yeah. Yeah. And I went and I subscribed to Disney Plus, and I looked for a way like to upgrade my Hulu membership to Disney Plus. Right. And there was no easy way to do it. Like it didn't give me an option where, as like a longtime subscriber, I could easily just merge into like one subscription. Mm-hmm. And it just made me really like annoyed. And I was like, why the fuck? Like I don't even watch Hulu ever. So why the fuck right. am I? Even and I like you know I canceled Disney Plus too, so it lasted like much longer because I paid for a year. <laughs> um, well, that's why I was asking, so, like, how that happened. I just, it just, for some reason, it's the first time it crossed my mind that you still had Disney Plus because I remember the thing at the bar where you were like, fuck this thing, I'm canceling this. And then they emailed you and said, like, you know, sorry to see you go. Like, it was end in November of 2020. I'll probably, probably re up. So, <laughs> right. Um, right. So, interestingly enough, like, I had this weird epiphany the other day, maybe, mm. that, like, I only watch certain channels that I subscribe to. And this is going to sound ridiculous because obviously I should know this already. Right. Um, and I went through my Amazon account and canceled like a bunch of fucking extra channels that I pay for every month that I don't watch. So legitimately, I probably lowered my monthly bill by about $26 just by like these channels I subscribe to for like, one movie basically because it was like a free trial and then my fucking overprivileged bougie ass was just like yeah i don't ever need to look at this again and i just left it so then it's just like been there forever good job man yeah that's good yeah save yourself some of them spend spend it on something else i didn't even know i subscribed to (laughs) i saw him and i was like what is this right 
And then so I went and looked what was there, and I didn't. I didn't. So we we were probably off a little bit on our estimates then, I guess. No, because I added it up, and I was almost exactly right in what I told you. I was overestimating how much I pay for some things. So, hmm. well, that's 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 good. I mean, um, and it's still less than most people pay pay for cable and um, their internet. So I don't feel bad about that. Right. right. I'm living my best life over here. It's fine. I'm about to eat the rest of a block of cheese and drink the rest of this diet uh, Mountain Dew and then go to sleep. So best life. You're gonna eat the block of cheese, just 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 eating it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we had a um, we had a food giveaway at work today, um, yeah. and I got a like two foot stick of pepperoni, mm-hmm. and um, I was showing my son, and he was like, "You're gonna eat that like a monster, aren't you?" And I was like, "To be honest with you, I might just sit here on Saturday and just slowly nibble down the stick until it's gone." Fucking disgusting. It's like so fucking gross. So gross. It's in the fridge now. I'm excited because it was frozen. I got to let it thaw out. So uncivilized. Whatever. It's the height of civilization. <laughs> it's like post, post-civilized. It's like we've, we're, we're past the point of being civilized and we're just... doesn't matter anymore. Okay, I'm fine with that. I think that's what makes me like hyper civilized because I finally realized that civilization is just a crutch that you um, peons lean upon to make yourselves feel better. But I'm, uh, I've moved on and that whole stick of pepperoni is mine. Actually, I can't eat the whole stick because I figured out the like total trans fat and caloric intake plus the uh, What's and the, how many cal- how many calories is it? Uh, the calories wouldn't be so bad. It would only be like twenty two hundred calories in the whole stick. Um, only. But, well, no, that's. But if I eat it over the course of like two days, okay, that's right. the only thing I eat. Like that's not a lot of calories, right? If it's the only thing, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, it would be like four hundred percent trans fat of like a daily diet, and like five hundred percent sodium. Right. But hey, no carbs, so. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm probably gonna cut it into small pieces and just you know, a little bit nibble nibble the small pieces. Well no, I'm gonna actually cut it into like usable pieces so when I cook and shit like I can Oh okay. Like have sliced pepperoni. You know, I can be civilized once in a while. Yeah. But I'm gonna eat that whole I'm gonna eat the rest of that block of cheese. I'm really excited for that. What's that um what's that service that you um you signed up for oh imperfect foods that thing is yeah. amazing okay yeah, here's, like, here, here, here's, here's the last thing i want to do for this episode okay is in, ca- in case there's somebody out there that has decision making power and can hear this i want you i want you to pretend what is it imperfect foods is that what you said in- imperfect foods imperfect foods right okay so i yeah. want you to basically do like a 30 second pitch for imperfect food so somebody can hear how you would sell a product in case anybody ever wants to sell a product. Man, you should have told me I would have written like a little thing. Like I, I want you I want you to, I want you to, I want you to do it off the top of your head. All right, let me just you have to give me a second to think about it. Um everyone likes a good bargain. And most people 
are okay. I, with I know I do. Right. Most people are okay with going, you know, the scratch and dent section of like a store to buy something that might have like a little bit of scuff to it, but still is workable, still usable, and you get like a big discount. So this is the same concept except for food. For $40 a week, you can get over $100 worth of groceries, including fruits, vegetables, proteins like chicken, fish, um, grains like lentils and quinoa, all in perfectly usable condition, all delivered to your door in packed refrigerated boxes um, with $40 all delivered. Uh, I got an amazing variety of foods. I have food for my entire week to cook um, and, you know, 14 ounces of chicken, a 16-ounce mahi-mahi steak, plus apples, uh, nectarines, uh, cauliflower, lettuce, kale, like all these really good vegetables, carrots, potatoes, $40. So what I would have spent like $100 on Instacart plus delivery, I got for 40 all delivered. So, But Frank, that all sounds good. But right? if it's ugly looking, it's probably no, it just goes bad quickly, right? I didn't think it was ugly looking. Like the lemons were a little small that I got, but other than that, it was fine. Like everything looks cool. You know, I didn't feel like weirded out by anything or like, ugh, like that's terrible. The carrots were a little misshapen, but you know, it's a carrot. Like what you going to do? You don't, you don't eat that shit whole. Well, I do, but you know. Okay. Yeah, I would have written a much better promo. Right. <clears throat> If you were telling me to diss something, see, that's what I should do the promo for is if you want to, like, do, like, anti-promotion. Like, I can shit all over something in, like, two seconds, but it's a really good service. Like, seriously, like, I'm really happy with the first week, and I'm excited to see what I can get for next week, and I'm probably going to stick with it because if it'll, it'll replace, like, hundreds of dollars of grocery shopping a month. Seriously. Yeah. I had this weird thing cross my mind the day of like, is there any voices that like everybody could do? I'm really trying to think of like how we could like do something as a parody where we like, I, I want to, um, I want to recast the Glengarry Glen Ross. And like, basically it's like, so like, uh, so like Shelly Levine is like dusty roads. <laughs> And why then like would, and then would, and then and then like other impressions of like people like other like impressions on and here's the thing is you're the only one that really does impressions. Um <laughs> like what's the show you're you you sad man, you're a sad man, you cocksucker. <laughs> get right. coffee. When does it get coffee? Give me right, right. That, that, that's even funnier. That's the Baldwin role. Um <laughs> that's dusty, but um right coffee's for closers See, um, i think i i think macho man would be the would be the baldwin role okay well no no, no. i was saying shelly is a uh, jack lemon shelly the machine levine right right right. that's what i'm saying is yeah like you would do um dust if dusty Rhodes is shelly levine then like maybe macho man is the alec baldwin if you're going to do it all wrestlers, I was just thinking of like other like you know, I mean Pacino's almost like Pacino's so great in that. Like I'm I'm not making fun of him, but um, it's almost like Pacino's like so over the top at times that he like he's himself still always like. I really like the idea of doing it as wrestlers. Like I think that's really funny. I know that kind of like narrows the like right. whatever the margin of interest, but like you know everybody knows Macho Man. Oh my God, Hogan's Hogan is um uh, is Dave Moss. The Eric, that Ed Harris character who always thinks he's like somebody's trying to fuck him over. 
that's who it is. Would, like, because Hogan's like so worried about like, <laughs> like doing a job to somebody or like somebody getting over on him. Like, that's that's the Ed Harris character. Before we do our Zoom call on Saturday, I'm gonna look up some. Um, I'll write down some like bits of dialogue or whatever, so I can. Uh, I'll I'll test it out on you guys and see what you think. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. What, what, what's the name of the firm that um Baldwin comes from? It's a uh, Mitch and Murray. Mitch and Murray. From Mitch and Murray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's try that out. <laughs> I have to think of now of like if it's wrestlers, like what wrestlers fit in those roles, and what wrestlers' voices I can do. <laughs> wrestlers are pretty easy to imitate because they're so over the top. So, yeah, there's not a whole lot of nuance there. You just kind of like go into it, and then you're fine. Okay. All right. Well, ending Sorry. on wrestling and Glengarry Glen Ross, but um, uh, so yeah, mom and dad, um, positive review. Uh, yeah. All right. So thank you for listening. Everybody have a good week. Good night.